Well, welcome to A Voice in the Distance Ministries. Pastor Rick here back with you. It is a joy as always to be with you in the Word of God. And today we are venturing into a new spot. And it's a spot that I've uh, been wanting to teach for a long time. And, uh, you know, we're coming up to the new year as I'm uh, recording this message. We're um, a week away from a new year in 2021. And I figured, well, new year, new book, right, as we're, as we're getting through. And, you know, with a new year comes new beginnings. And in the book of Joshua, that's exactly what it was about. We were going to be seeing new beginnings. You know, the book of Joshua is uh, a pretty cool book because, you know, you have your... Um, the Bible it consists of four different areas of uh, of text, if you will. You have your you have your Torah. You have the law sections. You have the historical sections. You have the poetic wisdom sections, and then you have the prophetic sessions. Those, those are the four main ingredients of what the Bible is made out of. And Joshua is considered part of the historical section of the Bible, and. Uh, the first five books were the uh, books of the law. Now, Joshua, if you're, if you're familiar with the story, Joshua was kind of a, a right-hand man to none other than Moses. Moses is one of uh, the most faithful servants in the Bible and most influential in the Bible within the, within the, uh, the Jewish sect and, and in many sects, if you will. When, when you look at who he was and what he did and how God called him and, and his faithful obedience... But, you know, it came to the point where when Moses, when Moses' time was up, somebody had to take over. And the appointed slash anointed was none other, none other than Joshua. And so why was Joshua appointed? Well, it was simple. He was a godly, obedient man. He stood by the side of Moses and learned from the best. And I think it's interesting, too, when I look at his name, in the Hebrew, his name is Yeshua, which is the same exact name of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. Our Lord and Savior's name is Yeshua, which translates Joshua into English, but in Hebrew is Joshua, Yeshua. And so it means that God saves. So we look at Joshua as a type of Christ, but not the Christ, but he was kind of like a type of Christ, if you will, from his story. Now, to recap on what had happened throughout the time of the Torah, through the time of Moses, when they exited uh, Egypt, they circled the land for 40 years. 40 years they circled the land. And they never quite made it to the promised land when it only was supposed to be about an 11 to 12 day journey. <laughs> and so, who was the one that's supposed to lead them in? Well, Joshua. Joshua is now the chosen, chosen one to lead the people into that promised land of Israel from their short distance of, uh, from Egypt to Israel. But it was 40 years, 40 years of circling in the desert. And Joshua, being as faithful and true as he was, was proven to be a good person, a good example, and, and the right candidate to, uh, to be taking the place of Moses here. Now... <clears throat> The, the first four chapters of Joshua will be consisting of the time before the promised land. So within the first four chapters of Joshua, it's before the promised land. And after that, from there on, it'll be the rest of the book will be regarding their time in the, prom, in the promised land. So we want to go ahead. Let's jump into this, uh, to this wonderful book. 
And so as Moses had taken his last breath, uh, Moses was 120 years old. And Joshua was now, was now in the place of that place of leadership. And so let's start us off here. We're going to be looking at verses uh, 1 through 6. And it says, After the death of Moses, a servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan and all, this, and all these people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will... Um, will tread upon I have given you as I said to Moses from the wilderness and and the, this Lebanon as far as the great river the great Euphrates all the land of the Hittites to the to the great sea toward the uh, the going down uh, of the sun shall be your territory no man shall be able to stand therefore you all the days of your life as I, I was with Moses uh, so I will be with you, I will not leave you, nor forsake you. So be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now the name Canaan keeps coming into play. Now what we know is Canaan is the region of Israel. And and, and then further up, it, was, it would be considered the Phoenician region, which is what we go as far as like from Israel uh, up as far as like uh, through Lebanon even. But, you know, they didn't take over the whole section over the years just to kind of give us a little bit of an insight of why Israel is about as small as it is. Okay, small but but um but fruitful you know if you look at a map and if you're familiar with and I've, I've said this in previous sermons and if you look at a map of israel and then you look at a map of the united states israel is really only the size of the state of new jersey and the state of new jersey is not uh one of the biggest states in our in our country but you know israel is such a small little strip there that that has been such a blessed land uh, over over the area of the east there it's it's actually considered one of the most uh, highest uh, agricultural regions in the world in the middle east it's israel that provides a lot of the agricultural farming for the for the east and around as, as well as other parts of the world so you know this this land was was fruitful it was blessed so and so God said, this land is going to be yours. You know, this is all yours. And and over the years, not only did it, uh, not only was it fruitful, but over the years, it's also become very economically uh, strong as well. Uh, from from the period of years that it's been in existence, and 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 I'm talking modern days now too. They've done some amazing things, and so. You know, God gives a precise section of geographical location of this land. This is the this is where you're going to be. This is what I'm giving to you. This is what I'm going to be giving to you as your home, as your property. This is going to be yours, your your forefathers, your you know, your relatives. This this will be your property. Land is a huge thing. So, you know, Joshua's new job consists of leading more than I'd say 2 million people. You know, leading two million people into a strange land in, in what was a very, very paganistic region that God had basically said, I need to clean up the region. 
because the Canaanites were a very debaucherous and very pagan, very evil. Some of the things that they were doing there um, were, were very sadistic. Very sadistic. So God had new plans, and Joshua was now a leader of those. And so God, you know, Joshua knew that he couldn't do this without God. Because without God, it's frightening. But with God, there's a great adventure involved here. Because it was, it was Joshua and another gentleman by the name of Caleb this, uh, that spied on the land to see what was going on. Now, this land was, inher- was inhabited by giants. And, and so we're going to get to that here, I believe. But I mean, but just to kind of give us some insight here, the, the land was inhabited by giants, and there was 12 spies that were sent out. And out of the 12, 10 of them said that, that it's inhabited by, by giants. We can't do anything about it. Let's, let's go find somewhere else. Okay, 10 of them said no, but it was Joshua and Caleb who said, we got this. God is with us. We could take them. We could possess the land. And so, you know, this land stretched from from what God was saying is as far as from that that the southern section of where Israel starts to all the way up to the territory of what we know as Lebanon. And so, even Lebanon has some very old uh, ancient um, ancient history going on there. But God was with them. Amen. God is with us. God was with them. He's the same God today, yesterday, and forever. But he reminds them here in verse 7, But only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. And, and you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way uh, prosperous, and then you will have a good success. Have I not commanded you to be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. You know, it's funny that that's considered fear is like a, con- a consideration of sin. You know, he told John, this is what, the third or fourth time he said, be, be, uh, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Something we must do single, single, every single day in our lives. We have to be strong and courageous. When we walk out that front door, we do not know what's in store for us. You know, but, but God said, I'm going to make you prosperous. And that's where I was saying in regards to the blessings of what we've seen happen over in Israel over the years. Now, when you look at the success of the land over the years, you know, people have their own particular outlooks on what that is. When you hear the word prosperity, people think, well, prosperity primarily in that of financial wealth. You know, with some people, prosperity is, is that of power. You know, well, God has allowed prosperity in so many ways. But why was that prosperity ever given to us? It was for one good reason. It was because of our relationship with God, our walk with God, our belief in God, and our faith in God, and and our obedience to God. That is where the prosperity truly comes from. Because when you have a a prosperous life, it's because you have done all those things in the will of God. And and so that is where God was saying in, in the aspect of this. What was the prosperity? I think the sky was the limit in the forms of prosperity. 
you know, people can easily be mistaken by the aspect of wealth. But that's just a small part of it, because again, God made them prosperous in so many ways. And to this day, to this day, they still have prosperity in the land. And so God keeps his promises because God is a God of promise that, that, that never turns from such things. And so, you know, the thing, though, what we also want to make sure that we're aware of, too, is that God doesn't promise, though, a life of bliss all the time. Because if we had that, I think we'd get ourselves into trouble. <laughs> there will be problems from time to time. There will be issues. Something Israel's seen, and at times they've brought it on themselves, which we'll see throughout the history of it, on what and why. But, but God is saying that, that you will be prosperous in the end. You will be prosperous during the times, but you will not always have it easy. But don't be measuring by the world's success, because the, the world's measuring standards can be very shallow. See, the prosperity that God speaks of is very high in depth. For the God, for God is with you wherever you go. That is the final encouragement. That is the ultimate encouragement of, of what God was, ta- was talking about here. So then he says that in verse 10, 11, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourself. For within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go to, and to possess the land which the Lord your God has given to you to possess. And then he speaks to the uh, to the other um, uh, tribes, if you will, and to the Reubenites, the, Ga- the Gadites, and, the, and half of the tribe of Manasseh. Joshua spoke, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God has given you rest and is giving you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your livestock shall remain in the land which Moses has given you on the side of the Jordan. But you shall pass before your brethren armed, all your mighty men of valor, and help them. Until the Lord has given you breath, uh, given your brethren rest, he, as he gave you, and they also have taken possession of the land which the Lord your God has given them, then you shall return to the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses the Lord's servant gave you on the side of the Jordan towards the sunrise." So the, these tribes, what they do is they go on the, they, they settle on the east side of the Jordan River, and and then they had to basically come over and and um, and cross over to help the rest, the rest on the west, <laughs> and and so there was there was a price, there was there was a battle to be had. Now to kind of recap on something, on why they were talking about the east side of the Jordan. It's because there was some time before, in previous years, the tribes of, I think it was Reuben, it was Gad, and the half of the tribe of Manasseh, they had made a deal with Moses by asking if they could settle, right? They wanted to settle on the east, uh, the east side of that promised land, the east side of the Jordan. Uh, they saw like this excellent pasture, right? The, the, the excellent pasture for the flocks, so Moses agreed, right? So Moses agreed to give them the land on the one condition that they help their fellow tribes enter and conquer the promised land. So after that, after the land was conquered, they could then return to their homes. So now it was time for these three tribes to live up to their agreement. So that's what's going on right here is, is that um, 
because of the uh, the agreement that was made with Moses, now they're being called out to live up to that. Okay, you could have it, but here's what's going to happen. It's all yours, right? The whole thing. But you've got to help. You've got to help your your uh, your your fellow brethren, if you will. And so that's that's what happens sometimes. Do you live in a land of freedom? If you live in a land of freedom, it's because you know somebody had to fight for it. You know, it had to be fought. It had to be. It had to be. There, there had to be a price to pay. And that's why it said here that, that brethren, all of your brethren that are armed, and all of your mighty men of valor, and help them. Right, and and so that's what it takes. You know, I I have such a respect for for our military, and you know, a lot of times we forget that our freedom did come with a with a very highly co- with a very high cost. A lot of lives were lost in order to protect that freedom, in order to to gain and protect that freedom, and in this case here, they could relate because. There was lives lost in, in in order to gain what God has promised, but you know there there was uh, blessings in the end too. That's why again, when you look at these prosperous nations, you know God God blesses not just Israel but other places too that follow Him. He blesses other nations that follow Him, and so we could call them. Uh, Theocratic nations, if you will, theocracies. See, the, the land of Canaan was a, uh, again, as I mentioned, was a very debaucherous land, very paganistic, paganistic land. But within time, when they entered the promised land, later on it would be going, it would not be called Canaan, it would be called Israel, which means governed by God. So when you hear the word governed by God, the word theocracy versus that of democracy, which is ran by man, theocracy is, is more ran by God, divinely ran. And, and so they would become more or less one of the first, they would become the, the first theocracy in the world, in, in the form of land ownership. And so God is doing, God is doing a major blessing for these people who were once enslaved in Egypt for, for years and years. For 400 years, they lived in the land of Egypt. And God says, oh, I got a place for you. But you know, you need a good general. You need a good, you need a good leader on your side. And that's the interesting thing about Joshua, too, is because, you know, Joshua becomes just that. He, he becomes not just kind of like a shepherdish, like, a shepherd-like leader, but he's also that in the form of a military general. So he was very diverse, very wise choosing in, in that of leadership. And, and Joshua proved that. And, and so we look at ourselves and we think to ourselves, well, what's God going to do with us? Well, if you walk closely with him, watch and see. Watch and see what God does when you walk closely with him. So check this out, as I said in verse 16 to 18, and that's where the chapter ends. It says, so the answer Joshua is saying, all that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words and all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. So again, this is like the fourth time. This is a, a very uh, a very well-known chapter because people like to use this a lot. 
God said many times, be strong and of good courage. Now, there was one reason why it was so successful, or as we know it became successful, was because God was involved. If everyone had tried to conquer the promised land in their own way, you know, there is absolutely no doubt that we would be seeing nothing but chaos. You know, chaos would have been the result of this whole story. You know, in, in order to complete the, the this huge task of conquering the land, everyone had to agree to the leader's plan. And be willing to support and obey him. And it's it's that and it's that in the military rankings, you know. And unfortunately, just because somebody might have a particular ranking that's up there, doesn't always mean they make good decisions. But that was the difference between the um, between being ordained by God and raised up by man. And so if we're going to complete uh, the task that God has given us, we, we must also fully agree to God's plan. You know, we, like, like they did to Joshua, we, you know, we pledge ourselves to obey it. We, we put these principles into action. Agreeing to God's plan means knowing what the plan is, but also, you know, carrying through with it in faith. Carrying through with it in obedience. See, when, when God commanded Joshua, he was told, what, three or four times, be strong and courageous. And, and really, Joshua was, was given the same kind of encouragement from the people, apparently. He, he took God's message to heart. And, and, and Joshua found strength in it. You know, he found the strength and courage that he needed in his relationship with God. So, you know what, the next time that we're afraid to do what you, what we know is right, remember that strength and courage are always ready and available from no other than our Lord. You know, it took, when we think of, you know, Joshua and our Lord Jesus, same name, it, it took a lot of strength and courage for our Lord to come and, and die for the sins of the world. I mean, really, Joshua had it easy compared to what what our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, had. You know, Jesus came down, and he humbled himself, lived, lived a very humble life, and yet took the ultimate pain and suffering upon himself for our, for our souls to be in heaven with him. And, and like that, we see where, here's where we have some comparison contrast here to where, you know, comparisons is that the people were told to listen to Joshua. The people were told to, to follow Joshua. You know, any, anybody that might obey, disobey you, well, they shall be put to death. You know, we're to follow and, and obey Christ Jesus. Now, we're not, we're not uh, threatened, though, to be put to death if we don't, but we will be put to death because of our own choice. Because we will be put to death by stumbling off of the cliff because we did not follow the greatest leader that ever lived, in that of, of Jesus Christ, Yeshua. And, and so, you know, as we get into the book of Joshua, what we, what we will see here is, again, the perfect hand of God using an extraordinary man. He was an ordinary man, but made extraordinary by what? 
all of the things that I said earlier, the faith, the relationship, the walk, the obedience, the strength, he, you know, to be, to be of good courage, to be strong and of good courage. We have to be strong and in good courage today. We're coming to an end in, in the year of 2021. And we've been seeing so many things in the forms of pandemics of health and, and, and uh, sicknesses and, and, and wars and whatever have you. A lot of things have really, been, um, have really been changing in our lives and in our societies. So this is a call... For the saints who are already walking with the Lord, be, be, of strong, be strong and have good courage. Be strong and courageous. And for those who do not know God, well, I want to I open the door for you to make the most important decision that you will ever make in your life. And that is to get to know God through Christ Jesus, his, 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 ever, um, his one and only Son, begotten Son, who came down and died on the cross for the sins of mankind. That is the greatest gift, and that is the greatest thing that we can do. That is the greatest leader that we can follow. You know, when we, re- when we read Joshua's story, we might be able to take some good uh, pointers from, uh, from one mere man to another. And we can look at those examples, and that's what we're called to do. And that's what those, the, the, the people in the Bible were called to do. They were the examples. They were the ones written down for us to observe. But it was Christ Jesus who was the true role, the true role model. And so we want to make sure that, that we're not just observing, but we're, we're acting upon. Because when we're related to somebody, we develop traits. We, we develop certain traits of those peoples, and whether we like it or not, we do. So, but I, I want to encourage us to, to become related to Christ Jesus, so that way we can develop his traits instead. It's time to develop new traits. It's time to rid of the traits of, of our bloodlines from the, from the sins of the Father and whatever have you that carry on through us at times. It's time for us to rid of that by, by, taking the sins of the earthly father and being cleansed by our heavenly father and, and by, the, by the one that died for our sins, Christ Jesus. We want to be walking in that example. We want to be walking in those ways. No one was, uh, no one was more strong and courageous than him. And we can be strong and courageous through him because he, had, he is in us. You know, I was talking with my dad last night on the phone, and we were just talking about how some of the things in life that we'd gone through and how we got through that. But, you know, when it comes down to it, when you take your last breath and when you are in the heavenly realms, that's when you know that you have crossed the finish line with, with you know, <laughs> with, with gladness. That's when you know you've really made it. We could look back at times and, and when we've made it out of some burning places and we could look back and smile. But you know what? Man, we're not ever going to look back when we, head, when we hit heaven. We're there for eternity. And that's what this is about. You know, I, I think about what God has done. I think about what Christ has done for me. And I just think like, Lord, there isn't anything I could ever do to repay for what you've done. What can I do? And all he does is remind me, just keep bringing people to me. That's all that it, he wants people to, become, to, to come to him. Equip my saints, to equip the saints, 
and to bring more people to him. That, that is what he called me to do. But I can't do that alone because there's going to come a time where I'm not going to be here no more. But maybe you're going to hear this message and you might be called to do it. You might be called to be that in the form of a Joshua to take the, chor- to take the torch and, and to be one that also leads others. Because what you do by leading others to, to Christ is a very vital part of one's soul. And therefore, in order to do that, you must first receive him. You must be a child of his before anything else. Lots of people believe in him, but they don't receive in him. So I want to give you the opportunity right now, because tomorrow is never guaranteed. I found my oldest and best friend dead in his bedroom after moving him out with me here for only four months. And he was only 47 years old. And I found out today that uh, through his autopsy that they're saying he died of natural causes. At 47 years old, tomorrow is not guaranteed. But what is guaranteed is death. And what is guaranteed is two particular eternities. Which one do you want to go to? Well, if you want to go to, to heaven, I got your ticket right here through Christ Jesus. And you can take that ticket by receiving him. How do I do that? You say a prayer after me, receiving him into your heart as your Lord and Savior. If you want that, let's do it right now as you can pray with me and repeat in the truth of your heart. Let's do it. Dear God, please forgive me. Please forgive me of all of my sins as I confess to you that I am a sinner. I ask, Lord, that you would cleanse me of all of my sins. And receive me as one of your children, Lord. As I receive you as my Father. I receive you as my Lord. I receive you as my Savior. I thank you for dying on the cross, Lord. And I believe in you and I receive you now, Lord. Take me as a child. As I take you as my Father. Thank you for receiving me, Lord, as I receive you now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen, because God has received you. Anytime you say that prayer in truth, God receives you. He's been wanting you. He's been, he's been you know, just waiting for you. So I just want to say God bless you and congratulations on the best decision you've ever made in your life. Because eternity is real. God is real. The devil is real. Death is real. So let's defeat death by receiving everlasting life. So I I just want to congratulate you if you did that. And I just, I can't wait to be with you all. I can't wait to hear from you if you ever can contact me. I thank you for listening to A Voice in the Distance Ministries because, again, it's God's ministry. I'm just His voice in the distance. I praise God for you, and and I praise God for uh, your family and friends. And may you do a mighty work in Him. God bless you.